1: Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Jen Langosh, who covers the Cardinals for MLB.com. And Jen, we got a couple of things to talk about today. But first, before we get going, I know you had a snow day in St. Louis yesterday. We had a snow day in New York. Um,
2: how was it, Audrey's first snow day? It was Audrey's first snow day. Um, my husband, Matt, we took her out in the snow. Fortunately, mom was prepared and I had actually bought her snow pants <laughs> just in case, you know, later in the winter we might need them. So we pulled those out. I'm not quite sure what she thought of the snow. There was really no reaction to it. So she didn't hate it. She didn't love it. I'd say she tolerated it. And probably more than anything, she just wanted to come inside and take the pictures that her parents had made her put on.
1: Yeah, well, at least I'm sure you got some cute photos. So that's the important part. <laughs> she did. Awesome. Okay. Well, things are warming up a little bit for the Cardinals and Jen, you've been writing furiously. The first thing we're going to talk about is the bullpen. And we talked about Jordan Hicks um, a few weeks ago when we got these podcasts started again. Now we're going to talk about it a little bit, but let's, let's talk about some facts first. You wrote about in your piece on MLB.com, the Cardinals bullpen collectively finished 12th in the National League in ERA. They posted the league's second highest walk rate and the fourth lowest strikeout rate. And you don't have to be a genius to figure out, Jen, that these are not good things. And right now, they don't even have a designated closer. Now, Jordan Hicks' name obviously has been thrown around. And John Moselak said, of course, they have confidence that he could do the job. They just don't know if they want him to do the job. And they dipped their toes in the free agency pool last year, and that didn't really work out the way they wanted. So now, Jen, what or should I say, who are the realistic options to, to continue to fill the bullpen or fill that closer role?
2: Yeah, Danny, it's a million dollar question. And you're right. It's a very kind of complex equation because, you know, on the surface, you look at the Cardinals roster and you see all the pitching depth, right? And you think, okay, well, this is a bullpen that has many, many options. The question though, that continues to kind of loom over the Cardinals is, do they have enough late inning options? And do they have any capable left-handed options? Now, to hit on the closers role here for a second, Jordan Hicks is a candidate. And what we saw last year was really remarkable. A kid who had never pitched above the high A level, jumped up, made his major league debut as part of the opening day roster, um, and really kind of cemented himself as the setup eighth inning reliever for this team. He could handle the ninth inning. The Cardinals, though, are a little hesitant to hand that over right now. I mean, Hicks is still a young kid. You mentioned the the low uh, strikeout rate, high walk rate. You know, those both were indicative of issues that Jordan Hicks himself had individually. So Cardinals would like to look outside the organization for help. The question is, you know, they've been. Burned so much in recent years with some of their big free agent signings. What have they learned from those mistakes? Those mistakes being, you know, Greg Holland or the Brett Cecils, the Luke Gregerson. So I'm not sure this is an organization that's necessarily going to go after a proven closer a la Craig Kimbrell in the free agent market. That's a lot of dollars, a lot of years to to commit to somebody, um, you know, in a position that can be very volatile. But they are going to look... They're going to look on the trade market, and I would suspect that before this winter is done, they are going to add some significant pieces to the back end of that bullpen.
1: And you mentioned Craig Kimbrel, Jen. Well, you know, they've got their eyes on a guy named Bryce Harper, who's going to cost a couple of bucks. Oh, and by the way, how about let's talk about Paul Goldschmidt? Uh, because he's been an all-star for the last six seasons, he could definitely slot in, he's a guy who could fit with the Cardinals, he's 31, that's what we consider prime in baseball, and he's been good for a long time, I think just underrated being on the Diamondbacks team in general, four silver sluggers, Jen, three gold gloves, he's been in the MVP conversation for the last six seasons too, what would it cost to get a guy like Paul Goldschmidt?
2: You know, it would it would cost a good haul. Now, I mean, the caveat here, of course, is that Paul Goldschmidt is only under contract for one more year before he is a free agent. So you're essentially trading for a player. If the Cardinals were to go this direction, that would be a one-year guarantee rental. That is going to lower the cost a little bit. I still believe, though, Danny, I mean, the Cardinals are in position to pay that cost. We talk about the pitching depth this organization has. They can trade from an area of strength to address an area of need. You know, the same thing with Paul Goldschmidt is kind of the same conversation we were having a couple years ago with Jason Hayward. The Cardinals traded for him, gave up a couple first-round picks to bring him here, hoped that by having Hayward here for a season, he would sign his long-term deal in St. Louis. Obviously, that didn't work out. What have the Cardinals learned from that? You know, and is that gonna be something that maybe pushes them away from trading for a one-year guy? That being said, the Cardinals believe in their product. And if they see Paul Goldschmidt as a fit here for the long term, I think it's a gamble worth taking. Again, you're going to trade, you're going to have to trade something that's going to be a little bit hard to stomach. But if you can bring Paul Goldschmidt here, sell him on St. Louis in the organization, then perhaps you can lock him down for many years after that. And you mentioned the numbers. You're right. I think he is an underrated player because of the market he plays in. You look at since 2012, which is Goldschmidt's first full season in the majors, he ranks in the top seven in MLB, in OPS, in slugging, and an on-base percentage. He's a gold glove fielder. He's an exceptional base runner. He would be the perfect fit here. Obviously, Mm -hmm. slide for Matt Carpenter to third base, and that lineup would be incrementally better right off the bat.
1: Yeah, and that's what's, again, Jen, we, we've been talking about this the last few weeks, that there's room to move. Guys can move. They're flexible, and that's kind of the beauty of this team. So, uh, you know, we're the next thing we're going to talk about are guys who could be dealt away, and it's really funny to read um, the questions that people send you, Jen. I love that people send you these questions about the team, but they're so worried about a guy like Matt Carpenter. Can we trade away Matt Carpenter? Well, you know, you address that in there, but the best thing about this Cardinals team, in my humble opinion— is just like John Mozalek says, they have the core, they're building around the core to make that core better and to, um, you know, complement what is already in St. Louis. So let's talk about some of the guys who could be dealt away to complement the guys that are already on that team. You mentioned Jed Jerko and Jose Martinez as two potential trade chips. And like I said, people were asking about Matt Carpenter, but you put that to rest, Jen. But what about these other two guys?
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting, Danny, How many questions I get about trading Matt Carpenter? And I know fans here have been frustrated in years about his defense and his base running, and, and I think that kind of looms over this Mar- Matt Carpenter thing but let's remember the Cardinals you know number one goal this offseason it's to get better offensively if this team trades away Matt Carpenter they're not going to get better offensively so let's put that to rest right now you know I look at Jed Jerko and Jose Martinez as kind of redundant pieces on this roster not that they're both you know not valuable in their own way but if the Cardinals are successful this winter in adding a quarter corner infielder all of a sudden Jed Jerko no longer has a starting role on this team he's due to make 13 million this year And while he'd be a fine utility player on this team, the Cardinals have other options for that role. A guy like Jairo Munoz, who filled it really well last year, and who's going to make much, much less than $13 million. So again, this is kind of predicated on on whether the Cardinals can get another corner infield to replace Judd Jericho. But if they do, I think he's a guy that you could send elsewhere. Jose Martinez, you know, this one's a, a little more complicated because you're talking about your most consistent offensive player from last year, but He just doesn't have a fit defensively. And, you know, if the Cardinals were to address right field, whether that's getting a Bryce Harper or somebody else or really wanting to commit to Dexter Fowler you could see a scenario where they could potentially flip Jose Martinez to an American League team that sees him as a good DH fit. Um, and he would be a guy who can bring you some good value in return because he's under team control for another four years. So, you know, I always tell fans, because his fans want to kind of create phantom and fantasy trades, they would want to trade the 23rd, 24th, and 25th guy off the roster. You have to remember, if you want to get value, you're going to have to give value. And giving up yeah. Jose Martinez might do that. I'll throw in one other name, Danny. Carson Kelly, I think, is an interesting guy to watch this winter. He is still considered one of the top-catching prospects in baseball, and the Cardinals in recent years have been very hesitant to want to dangle him in trades. That being said, as we've talked in this podcast before, Yachty Molina does not appear to be aging. So if you look (laughs) at his contract situation, he's under control for two more years. There's just not going to be a lot of opportunities for Carson Kelly. And if the Cardinals continue to hold him as a backup, His value is going to decrease. You're going to miss out maybe on his best years. I think he's a guy who you could package and bring in some value. You still have Yachty for two more years, and then you have a nice catching prospect, and Andrew Kinzer coming up maybe to be Yachty's heir. So he's another guy I'd watch out for this winter.
1: That's really interesting, Jen. I wonder if anyone in the Cardinals front office listens to these podcasts. (laughs) It takes (laughs) takes a note out of your page book (laughs) because I like that. I like that a lot. Um, And then, Jen, just two more things I want to mention. Jack Flaherty and Harrison Bader got a couple of National League Rookie of the Year votes, so that's pretty inspiring, I think, heading into next season. I know Harrison Bader – kind of was just a grinder and that guy wasn't afraid to get down and dirty and Jack Flaherty a really nice um, addition to the rotation. So that's got to be um, encouraging for the Cardinals to see those two guys because if you look at the other rookie of, uh, of the year nominees, I mean, that's pretty good company that they were a part of. And the fact that you had two guys from the Cardinals, um, I think says a lot just, just in general, Jen.
2: Yeah, and I think if this had been a vote taken on September 1st, I think Jack Flaherty probably would have finished ahead of Walker Bueller in that voting. I mean, he had a really good first five months trailed off there a little bit in September at just the time that Bueller took off, but absolutely. I mean, I think that's the the probably the biggest takeaway from last season. I know there was a lot of disappointment that the team fell short of making the postseason again. But when you look at the number of rookie contributors, we talked earlier about Jordan Hicks. He's one of them. Jack Flaherty, Harrison Bader is going to be your starting center fielder next year. Perhaps the best defensive outfielder in baseball, um, and we've only started to see just a little bit of a glimpse of him. You, you know, I mentioned Jairo Munoz, another young kid coming up. This is an organization in very good shape for the long term because of that young talent. So always nice to see some of that recognized nationally. You know, I think we all kind of expected this to be a two-player two, two player race in the Rookie of the Year voting between Acuna and Soto. And it was, um, it was a lot for the Cardinal fans to look yeah. forward to as far as the future of this team. Absolutely. And last thing, Jen,
1: Thanksgiving is around the corner and the Cardinals are never short of giving. They are such a charitable team and they've, they've already done a couple of things that you've had the chance um, to be a part of and to write about. Um, what, what are the Cardinals doing to help around St. Louis this Thanksgiving?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, this is an organization that does as much off the field as it brings on the field to this community. Um, they're, you know, outdoing Working with soup kitchens and, and delivering Thanksgiving meals, they have a big Christmas party coming up after the holiday where they um, distribute gifts to kids and they have players come and wrap gifts at Bush Stadium. It's a really fun event to watch. Also distribute them to, to a local Air Force base for, for children whose parents are serving in the military. But you kind of look over the course of the year what this team has done, whether it's the educational programs the hospital visits, um, the field dedications, you know, building fields for underserved youth in this community. There's really a lot that goes on. And I think that's one of the special things about this organization, Danny, is they have their handprint really in this community far beyond the reaches of just Bush stadium. So yeah, I think at, at this time of year, when we're talking about things to be thankful for and thinking about charity initiatives, certainly the Cardinals deserve a hat tip for all they've done this year in that, in that regard.
1: I love it. I love it, Jen. It's one of my favorite things about this other season that we're in is now you get to see the more human side of these players because they have the time to to share that with us. Um, so it's it's great to see. And the Cardinals are a first class organization. I am not biased at all. I am from St. Louis, but I do believe that everyone across the board could could say that about them. And Jen, I hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving too. I know it's probably pretty exciting, Audrey's first Thanksgiving, and um, you know just great time to be with family.
2: Yeah, we will. We're heading over to Indiana, uh, where my husband's family lives. So poor little Audrey, between first snows, first holidays, she just started crawling. There's a lot of fun (laughs) in our house, and she has no idea why mom keeps pulling out the video camera, but we'll be sure to capture it all along the way. Awesome. Well, I'm Danny Wexelman. I'm with
1: Jen Langosh. If you want to read all of her incredible work, head to mlb.com/cardinals. You can catch up on what's going on. Vegas is around the corner for winter meetings. And Jen, I'm just thankful for you and grateful for your time and your knowledge.
2: Thanks, Danny. Have a great holiday.
1: Thank you too. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.